This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. It's Monday, May 25th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is your daily coronavirus update. Coronavirus has been tearing through jails and prisons across the country. A recent analysis by Reuters has found that there has been an undercounting of COVID-19 cases in the system and that some state prisons are seeing infection rates of up to 65%. While there is a worry that inmates could be getting ill in such close quarters, the other concern is all of the corrections officers and workers that could also be infected and then spread the virus throughout their communities. Research shows that the majority of those infected have been asymptomatic. Linda So, reporter for Reuters, joins us for how coronavirus is spreading in jails and prison. Thanks for joining us, Linda. Great to be here. wanted to talk about coronavirus and what's going on in U.S. jails and prisons. We've been hearing a lot about it. A lot of times these people are forgotten in a lot of this. Some people don't care because they might be criminals, et cetera, et cetera. But up until now, what we had been hearing is that prisons and jails are fertile ground for coronavirus to spread There was even a string of headlines where there was a lot of inmates being released because of COVID-19 worries. But there at Reuters, you guys took a a deep look into a lot of different aspects of the jail and prison system and are just finding out that there is a lot more people that are getting infected in there than official numbers would really state. So, Linda, tell us a little bit about the research you guys did and, and some of the findings. So the CDC had conducted a survey where they reached out to all the health departments nationwide to get numbers on the number of infected inmates throughout all the correctional facilities in the U.S. And they had 37 of those agencies respond and reported just under 5,000 inmate cases. What we did at Reuters is we conducted a far smaller survey and found well over three times that number, about 17,300 cases. So it was is illuminating in the way that a lot of these places, because many jails in the U.S. don't make their numbers public, they're not known. So what we found in this far smaller survey is there are a lot of cases that are going unreported. Very similar in the way we've been following numbers for the general population, you know, outside of these prisons and jails. 
lot of it has to do with testing and testing as many people as possible. And a lot of jails weren't really doing that. First off, tests were hard to come by for the jail population. But secondly, they would be testing people that only had symptoms when a lot of people were pushing for everybody in these systems to be tested. So as part of the survey, we looked into that. And what we found was many jails continue to only test their inmates if they are showing symptoms. A lot of we documented 10 state prison systems that have widened testing and they are conducting a form of mass testing where they're testing all their inmates, even if they aren't showing symptoms. And so for those facilities that are mass testing, there were infection rates at about 65%. So it just goes to show that because many of these jails aren't testing all of their inmates, they're only testing if you're showing certain symptoms, there's a drastic undercount. Have you gotten any response from the CDC as far as to the discrepancy in these numbers? So the CDC, as part of their report, did acknowledge that only 37 of those agencies that they surveyed responded. So it was based on those numbers. Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on at these facilities. The U.S. has more people behind bars than any other nation. I think as of 2018, the numbers were 2.2 million. And there's a difference between jails and prisons and how the possible spread of coronavirus could work out there. Tell us a little bit about that. So when you think about the spread of coronavirus within these facilities, it doesn't just affect the inmates. First of all, jails are generally places where inmates go for a short period of time. They're either awaiting arrest or they're serving short sentences. So there's a constant churn of inmates going in and out. And so they become pathways of spreading this virus. If they're released from the jail and go back into the community, they become pathways to spread it in the community. And it's not just the inmates who are of concern here. What we also found is that there are thousands of workers, correctional officers who are working in these facilities, medical staff, who day in and day out, they report to work, go to jail. At the end of the day, they leave and they can carry it back to the community. So this isn't only a concern for the inmates in the jail, but it is for the greater population because of the risk that these people who are moving in and out of these facilities can become vectors or pathways, so to speak. We mentioned testing a little bit. How has testing been going for the correctional workers? We highlighted one jail in our story, Wayne County Jail in Detroit, Michigan. And the chief of jails there had expressed to us that when this pandemic first began in March, the facility had a hard time. It was very challenging to get their hands on tests. And so for their correctional officers, they weren't able to provide widespread testing. If you recall, in the early phases of this pandemic, it was a struggle for anyone to get tests. You had to show specific symptoms. And if you weren't showing those specific symptoms, you were denied testing. And that was the case at Wayne County, which ended up they lost two medical workers and a commander and a deputy. And so the chief of jails there told us that part of the challenge was because they couldn't provide testing for their staff members it was very hard to get a handle on the spread of the virus. Yeah, and that's such a critical part because, as you mentioned earlier, those are the people that are going home at the end of the day and could be getting it out into the community. You know, when they're working all day in such close quarters with everybody, then they go home, then those are the people that are spreading it around. So, yeah, that widespread testing for the workers is critical. And then another aspect of this whole thing with the jail and prison system, obviously I mentioned the headlines and so many inmates being released 
from these systems to help reduce the overcrowding there because there was a lot of times where people were still in, you know, three people to a cell, et cetera, things like that. So tell us a little bit about that, about the release of all these inmates. So there were calls to release inmates, those who perhaps are older and more vulnerable and those with underlying conditions. But what we found in reporting our story is that these correctional facilities, not all of them had standard procedures for releasing inmates. So, for instance, we highlight Weld County Jail in Colorado in our story, where there were several inmates, one who ended up dying. He had COVID-19. He left the jail and he died. However, from what we found, there was no standard procedure in ensuring that when he was released, he was not given any medical care. He came into contact with other people. So that's another risk when you think about these inmates who are leaving these facilities. They too could become a vector or a pathway of it because not all jails have a standard procedure to medically screen these inmates as they're leaving. I know there was a lot of fur about it. There was a lot of victims' rights groups that were also really mad that some of these inmates were being released and people weren't getting notified. So I know that was another big angle to all of this. There have been some victims' rights groups who have expressed their concerns that not all crime victims were being notified when these inmates were being let out question about some other findings that possibly could have come out. Were you finding that some of these inmates were either displaying asymptomatically or were they getting very sick and ill and requiring hospitalizations? Did any of that come out in your research? We did focus on 10 state prison systems who were conducting mass testing. And interestingly, we found that a high percentage of these inmates were asymptomatic. So in Michigan State, their correctional facility decided to mass test at many of their facilities because they really thought we couldn't get a handle on this disease if we don't know who has it. So they began the mass testing, which revealed a high rate of asymptomatic inmates. And the concern was for many of these correctional facilities, it's hard to contain the spread if you really don't know who has it. So that really was a big factor in their decision to go ahead with mass testing in many of their facilities. And as a result of all of this, there's more than 100 lawsuits nationwide, and a lot of them are class action lawsuits. You know, they're still asking for more mass releases of inmates or other measures to reduce overcrowding and the infection risks in these jails. Those lawsuits continue. The fight continues. And again, there's a lot of push and pull. Some of those victims' rights groups, like we mentioned before, are fighting against it because they believe that there's a risk if you release these inmates. But a lot of other organizations like the ACLU, they're really fighting for the release because many of these inmates are medically vulnerable or, again, the older population who are more at risk. And what kind of reaction have you gotten so far to this special report that you guys did? Just from reading, I can see that the prison officials obviously feel like they could be at wit's end, maybe. You know, they don't know exactly what's happening. They're trying to get a handle on the testing and they're fearful for themselves and for their workers and, and even the inmates. But what other kind of reactions have you gotten to this? One of the important things that have come out from this is the fact that the outbreak in these jails doesn't just affect the people who are held behind bars. But again, it's those inmates who may be leaving the jails and the medical workers and the correctional officers who are leaving every day who can carry it back out to the community. I suggest everybody go out and and read the report by Linda and they're at Reuters. There's a lot of pretty stark numbers with regards to what's going on in the jail and prison population. Linda So, reporter at Reuters, thank you very much for joining us. 
Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been your Daily Coronavirus Update. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.